Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're also on Dash Radio on their Nothing But Net channel every single weeknight at 7 p.m. Also, check us out on Five Reasons YouTube channel. These episodes export there, but also you can get original episodes like, for instance, before floor, which we do there once a week. Also, well, excuse me, we do that before every game. We do floors yours once a week, but before floor is an hour before every game. Post up five hours as soon as the game ends. Make sure you hit like and subscribe, uh, and you will get all of our episodes there. Also, check out fivereasonsports.com. No paywall content, unlike the newspapers. Brady Hawk's latest takeaways are already up as we speak. And check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. We mentioned this one quite a bit here this is our friends over at you break wheel fix you break wheel fix this is where you go to get your wheels repaired or just to make them look a whole lot nicer okay they're like they got like the big three of all your car wheel needs they do the wheel repair the refinish and the custom wheel specialist there they got over 20 years of experience they repair damaged wheels from curb rash cracks or bends all under one roof with in-house powder coating cnc machining and polishing they also offer the new custom wheels and tires from your favorite favorite brands and they offer no credit check financing up to five grand for a new set of wheels. Right now, they are still over on Biscayne and Northeast 146th Street in North Miami. They're going to be moving relatively soon, but you can still check them out there. Biscayne and Northeast 146th Street in Miami. They had to get bigger because so many people are checking them out. You break wheel fix, changing the way that you see wheels. You got to change the way uh, that you check them out on social media. You break wheel fix on Instagram. You break wheel fix on Facebook. Also, you can give them a call at 305-748-0112. That's 305-748-0112. Youbreakwheelfix.com. Mention five reasons to mark on the crew down there and you'll get a discount. And now, tonight's episode. Down to Biscay. Yay. Uh, five on the floor. Ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing. You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buck said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop in one hand. Impact we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. Ethan Skolnick back on five on the floor and literally back. I flew back from Chicago today and uh, did not go to Toronto, nor did any of the other beat writers in part because we were concerned about what might happen at customs and you may have a, a negative, excuse me, a positive COVID test and get stuck in the country. And then it turned out that that's what Eric Spolster had. <laughs> he could be the coach tonight or he was put in the cr- protocols. And so no Eric Spolster tonight. No Jimmy Butler, no PJ Tucker, no Gabe Vincent, no Dwayne Dedman. That's four members of their rotation, including two starters playing against a hot Toronto Raptors team that's competing for playoff positioning. Still had an outside shot at getting home court in the first round. You go up there again, second night of a back-to-back, all of the emotions of the Kyle Lowry ceremony. You fall behind 13 early. You're playing against a big team. You're outgunned, it seems. But we were saying it at halftime on our threads. You should check out our off the floor thread. They just needed somebody to get hot from outside. Struce Robinson didn't make a three in the first half. They didn't get any from Robinson in the second half. They got 23 points from Max Struce in the second half. Is that right? They also got Victor Oladipo's best game with the Heat 
By far, they closed with a four-guard lineup and out-rebounded the Raptors down the stretch, and they overcame some poor free-throw shooting and some poor decision-making to get the win. The floor plan tonight, I've got Greg Sylvander. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander. I've got Alex Lito. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. I want to go over this game with you guys quickly and the significance of what they accomplished tonight. And then I've got some stuff about Heat fans that I've been dying to get to because tonight on the timeline was indicative again to me that people are not appreciating this season enough. But let's just go to tonight. Alex, what did you like best? Oh, man. I mean, that's a tough question. I guess what I liked best was the three-point shooting barrage. Like, that's tonight was the night, I feel like, where they needed that to, uh, to happen. And especially, and I think you said it on our Winnow uh, Tech subscription service, which you guys should all check out, excuse me, that the, the Heat need one of Max or Duncan to pop off, and that's exactly what happened in the second half. Not only did Max pop off, where he, he got you with seven threes, uh, but you got six threes from Victor Oladipo after he had a rough first half with, I think, all five of his turnovers were in the first half, if I remember correctly. They might have been. It felt like it. But um, just in general, I like the effort to respond versus the, the, this team on the road where it just – I can't imagine what it's like to go up against this team where they're playing four guys at a time who could be considered power forward or center just on, you know, from their traditional position. And then you have like Gary Trainer, Van Vliet is the one small guy when they're not playing together. It just seems like a nightmarish, like just situation to be in. Uh, shout out John Crotty with all of those seven footers with crazy length switching all over the place, you know, for them to come back and it looked like they were not able to really get anything going on offense. Uh, in that first half, they scored 70 combined in the second half compared to, I, I think it was uh, 45 or something like that in the first. So to be able to do that in the second half and, you know, come back with a big response like that, missing all these guys, it's really impressive. Yeah, I mean, tonight there's a million ways we can go in terms of what was what what really stood out. It's good to get Kyle a victory. Um, I kind of just... This was a punctuation of this three-game trip that, to me, just jumps off the page as something super impressive. Like, we talk about the word resilience, and it, I keep using it over and over again. Um, I just can't emphasize enough, like, when we look at Heat teams, for a team to get so um, kind of on edge and then come back and respond this way, and you see Max Struess go on this trip and shoot something like I think 13 of 20 from three on the trip or something like that. 13 of 22, maybe uh, Kyle Lowry, 28 assists, four turnovers on the road trip. It's just, th those are those little things where you start to realize that this team continues to have responses and that bodes well. And I think like the Oladipo thing aside, I think that I did see like a faction of the, of the heat Twitter, uh, which I know is a small subset of the fan base talking about, Oh, does this mean Oladipo is part of the rotation? Don't read into it that much. Just enjoy Oladipo looking good, but ultimately like uh, this road trip, it was super impressive and it negated any of that stuff that happened in the four game slide. All right. I'm going to get to it earlier now. Cause you kind of touched on it, but the, the one thing uh, also that you talk about resilience, they have resilience within games also individual players max truce didn't do anything in the first half in chicago either right but then then came out and, and had a big second half and he just seems to have that kind of alpha mentality that we've talked about that he just doesn't care 
And by the way, Max, I was not at the game tonight, so I would not have been responsible either way. He, he didn't know it on the way to the locker room in Chicago that they finally won with me on the road. I, I, you know, I, I marvel at the resilience of this group this year and everything they've dealt with. And then, you know, having the one bad week that people started to write them off and we were frustrated by things that were going on also. And they've been resilient with that. And what Eric Spolster told me up in, in Chicago was I really wasn't that worried about the sideline stuff and all that. We just haven't been playing well. Like, I, I mean, for him, it just, it comes down to that. And everybody looked at that as the, as the sideline confrontation as the cause. It was the effect. It was not the cause. It was, it was, it was a result of frustrations that had been happening behind the scenes, but they dealt with it. Maybe not exactly the way that they wanted to, but they came out of it stronger. But I, I want to get to something Greg said here tonight, because this is frustrating with this team. And, and, and then we're going to devote, I, I do think we should devote the second part of the episode to Oladipo, because I, I think this is a significant game for his career. I don't know what it means for the rotation right now, but I think it's significant to see him do some of the things he did tonight. But, but this is the thing, like, I feel like heat fans are just, they're always, they're just looking for reasons to complain in a season that there's just not much to complain about, or they're looking for things to fear when they shouldn't be feared. Okay. And so the first thing is you mentioned it like the rotation, like when somebody plays well, it causes this freak out about how you're going to implement the guy in the rotation. Can't you just say that the heat's fifth guard tonight gave you more than 20 hit six threes. Okay you know, basically drove from the, 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 you know, the, the beyond the elbow, beyond the three point line for a dunk. Like, isn't that good? Like, why does that have to be looked at as a negative? Why does every time that Max Drews play well, that you have to get all the tweets about Duncan Robinson? Why is this a zero sum game? Like we get it. Max is starting. We advocated for Max to start at this point, but like, I, I don't understand it. Like does, there are just some, and maybe it's just this small Twitter subset. And maybe this does not exist in the general heat public. Okay. And when I go to heat games and Alex and Brady and I go to heat games, maybe we don't encounter it as much there. There's just some people on Twitter that just like, they want to be miserable this year. Like they want to, it's like, even if you go under the Miami heats posts of their wins, it's like Duncan's useless. Like that's the first post and the second post and the third post. And it's like, you just won on the road in the second night of a back-to-back. Like maybe Duncan will get you another game. So that's that's the first thing, okay? And and we I, I'm gonna let both of you guys weigh in on that. The second thing, okay, is this fear of the Nets. I mean, get over it, okay? I'm sorry. Like, would they be the ideal first-round opponent? No. All right. The the big three when they were going to the finals four straight years. They played in order a Philadelphia team that had some talent on it, but no frontline guy. Andre Iguodala was their best player at that point. Drew Holiday was not the Drew Holiday. He was very young at that stage. Okay, that bad young who played tonight was on that team. The nice team. They weren't going to beat you. Okay, and they weren't going to beat the Heat in that series. The second year they played the Knicks. Everybody on the Knicks' knees exploded during that series, and then you know Stoudemire, you know, hit a fire extinguisher. Right, that team wasn't beating you. The third year, uh, it was Milwaukee. Was it Charlotte? I think it was Charlotte, right? No, it was Charlotte or Milwaukee. I, I forget the order. It was Charlotte Milwaukee. team or Milwaukee? Okay, Al Jefferson was the best player on Charlotte. Okay, uh, Milwaukee. Uh, I've told this story Randy before. Jennings? Well, Milwaukee. Milwaukee was so checked out. Okay, they had traded for JJ Redick that year. They had so checked out that Joe Goodman and I were playing pool at an aloft hotel down the street from the arena with a three with a heat at a three zero lead. And, and, and Monte Ellis was there 
uh, playing pool also because he had checked all of his stuff out of his house and was staying in a hotel because he knew that they were going to get swept. Okay. That that's, that's what, okay. That was Brandon Jennings bucks and six, right? Like, okay. So they drew really easy first round opponents in the eight seed LeBron over the course of his career, even when not with the heat has drawn easy eight seeds. Michael Jordan drew easy eight seeds. I get it. The nets are not who you want to play in the first round. All right. But you're going to have to beat a team better than the Nets to win a championship. So, I mean, so, right? I mean, you're going to have to beat probably the Phoenix Suns or the Memphis Grizzlies to win a championship. So what are we talking about here? I mean, the Nets give up 140 points routinely. Kevin Durant scores half their points. Like, I, I just, I don't, so this, this, like, don't get the one seed. Make sure you don't get, no. Get the damn one seed. You deserve the one seed. Get your home court and see how it fits. I'll let you guys weigh in on both of those things. So first off, um, this is the thing about Brooklyn. Like I'm going to go in reverse order. Brooklyn is going to need to play a do or die game in a nine, 10 matchup. And then another do and do or die game in the, in the, you know, essentially play for the eight seed in this hypothetical world where they're the 10 seed as they currently stand today. So that, that means that they're in these two elimination high intensity games, and then they'd have to go down to a rested Miami team at home and play them as um, I, I just don't understand why there is such a, I feel like that Kevin Durant just, he he i understand why he would spark fear in in heat fan hearts but that that team as a whole i just think also don't underrate the ability for miami to turn that brooklyn arena into home games on the road in the playoffs and that stuff can flip uh, flip the entire vibe of the series so I, I i'm with you there i think you don't hide from this because you think about what a game seven against a milwaukee means when it's at home or against boston or whoever it may be uh, and your first point about what, what exactly, what, what, what I mean, now, just how miserable Heat fans are that like let, every let, positive I'll, development is looked at as a negative. Because I have one it, sentence for that. Yeah. This is how it is in life. You, you, you can choose to be happy or you can choose to always be right, but you can't be always happy and you can't be always right. You can't be both. So you got to choose which road you're going to go down. And a lot of people think that they're pursuing happiness when they're actually just wanting to be right a lot. And I think that you see it the most amplified on social media. And that's what you're seeing from Heat fans. So it's just a micro of what's happening in the macro in this world. Alex, I mean, do you want to weigh in on that first? I mean, it's hard to follow Leif. It's really hard to follow. I mean, we're subtweeting people right here, but I think they deserve it. Like, I, I, I mean, it's, 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 this season has been ridiculous. Is that the, my whole thing with this is that for the past season or so, I stay off Twitter during games. So that's my whole, you are really good about that. It's a preemptive measure because I used to be on Twitter all the time during games and it's just the roller coaster. I got, I I got over it. You know, I, fans are going to be fans. I get it. And I, you know, like, all we do is talk about the heat, you know, on a daily basis, whether on Twitter, all the, all the different heat podcasts there are like, there's a lot of heat thoughts going around. I get that some fans are not exactly confident versus some of the best teams. Hey, if that's how you feel, that's how you feel. I get it. They don't have the top end superstars that, you know, they don't, they don't have a Giannis. They don't have a Kevin Durant. I understand that. But like, what is, first of all, 
the the Nets are only a game back of the of the AC, so they still might you know be able to grab that seven seed and, and you know avoid the Heat altogether. But besides that, it's like what's the point of thinking about that <laughs> ahead of time? Like you guys said, you're gonna have to play better teams if you want to get to where you you know you think you're gonna get to. Obviously, you don't want to play all the best teams back to back to back, so it's more than understandable. You don't want Kevin Durant and Kyrie in the first round. We saw what happened when they came over. But, like, this team has proven over and over again this year that they've been up there for a reason. Like, they beat good teams all the time. They've beaten pretty much every good team, I think, except the Warriors, uh, when you talk about contenders. So I just think, like, the, the worrying is, is, is very over the top and just constantly having to relitigate the problems with the team after everything. It's, it's, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. Well, Alex, there, there, look, guys, there are, there are legitimate concerns. Like, we, we know the problems. What, what, for sure. we discuss. I mean, yeah. the, the late the late game offense, like I, you know, as good as Tyler was tonight, I would love for him not to hit the rim with a pass at the end of a game. I would love Bam not to commit a foul off the ball. I would love Bam not to miss free throws or other guys to miss free throws. I mean, yeah. they, they they repeatedly, no matter who it is, except it seems Kyle, because Jimmy's been part of this too this year, make mistakes late in games that make these things more harrowing than it should be. How many times this year have I texted you guys and said, well, I think we might be able to pod with six minutes left to the fourth. And yeah. then all of a sudden a 14 point lead shrinks to four. That's a legitimate concern. They may blow a game in the playoffs because of the fact that they don't seem to handle those situations particularly well. I get that. Okay. And I know we're going to get accused of fan policing here, but I just want people to go back to their expectations before this season. Kyle Lowry was added. Vegas put them at about 47 and a half to 48 and a half wins. They're already at 51. They've got three games left. If they want to win those three games, they will. Okay. They're playing Atlanta and Charlotte at home and they're playing Orlando on the road. That's as much of a gimme as you can possibly get these days. So they're headed for 53 or 54 wins. They've done it with their big four hardly playing together, like 20 to 21 games and at times struggling when they played together. Okay. With Jimmy in and out, with Kyle in and out, okay, with Kyle dealing with personal stuff, with Spo dealing with personal stuff, okay, prior to this, okay, which kept him out uh, recently. Uh, and with Marquise Morris, who was supposed to be part of the rotation, missing four months, having to play P.J. Tucker more than they wanted to during the year, with Oladipo coming back and not looking great when he did, when he was supposed to inject something there, all right, and we're going to spend the second part of the episode talking about him. They've done all of this stuff, and I'm just like, okay, so – we're going to argue here about why Yurt's not playing more, or I don't want to see Duncan on the floor anymore. Like, or Duncan's getting paid 18 million. Okay. Well, for 18 million, for, for half of $18 million this year, they've gotten Max Struess, who's giving you 23 in the second half of a back to back on the road against a playoff team. 20. Okay. Max Struess, undrafted, previous two way. Gabe Vincent gave them is like, has a 75% win percentage as a starter this year in place of Kyle Lowry. Caleb Martin had four blocks tonight. Okay. I think they've missed him a lot lately. All right. And I mean, and they're getting, so and, it and evens out. Right. And, and you gave them three big baskets in the third quarter when they needed it, when Bam was getting a rest and Deadman has given them good minutes until recently. And then has picked it up again lately. That's five guys that are making what between them, $10 million. And yeah. we're going to sit here and complain about the fact that Duncan's making 18. I mean, if Duncan makes a, wins a playoff game or two playoff games, who gives an F? And okay, I'm serious. I'll sum it up like this. You know, I've been watching this team 
and I'm not I'm not finger wagging at fans. Listen, I'm not. Since 91, Glenn Rice was the best player um, on that team that I initially started watching. And I can literally say from that first team to the team that we are watching this year, this is one of the most satisfying regular seasons that we've Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. That the, that the Miami Heat have ever, ever had. Um, complete front to back, consistent, exceeding expectations, responding to adversity, finding ways to win games they're not supposed to, having a great record, getting a top seed. You have three guys almost averaging 20 a game. Like this is one of the most satisfying regular seasons in franchise history. So complain about it all you want. That's the facts. It's a lot more fun, I'll tell you, than the, than the 2005-2006 regular season, which ended in a championship, by the way. But I'm talking about just the regular season where, you know, the coach basically was kind of sort of half forced out, okay? Play, the veteran players weren't meshing, all right? Behind the scenes, it was a, it was a mess, much more than it was this time. Uh, and they, they won 52 games that time, and they're going to end up winning more this time than they did that time. I mean, I, again, this is, I, I, all right, that's it. Maybe I'm in a bad mood. Cause I, I flew all day, but I just, I, it's just, I'm, I get back on Twitter and it's like, people are complaining up again. And I'm like, you had no right to win this game under the circumstances. I've rubbed off on Ethan. It's perfect. Did any of us expect them to win all three games of this? No, hell no. no. That's the beauty. We of all, all said this. two and one, two and one would be best case scenario here. And they won three and, and one of the games they won convincingly, Okay. And the first game, the Boston game was the type of game you're going to have to win in the playoffs. And I come back to something Greg said here. Would you rather have a game seven at home against Milwaukee and Boston or end or Boston? Okay. Or would you rather avoid the nets? I would rather have the game seven at home against of one of those two teams. I'm sorry. All right, let, let, I want to get to Oladipo because he, he deserves some flowers tonight, as do a couple of other individual players. So we're going to do that. Uh, before we do, I want to tell you about our great sponsors here at the Five Reasons Sports Network. Uh, Brady is not here with us tonight, but that doesn't mean if you've got a personal injury situation that his official sponsor here on the Five Reasons Sports Network, our friend Eric Rubenstein, that you shouldn't reach out to him because you absolutely should. You can find him at Ask About Me, I Got You on Instagram. It's Ask About Me, I Got You. I promise you, this is the most entertaining uh, Instagram account that you'll find from a personal injury attorney. But also, Eric's just a good dude, and he knows what he's doing. He graduated magna cum laude down at St. Thomas University right here in South Florida. Uh, he grew up in a personal injury family, and uh, he's a huge Heat fan as well. So you can talk to him about that too. But mostly, he will help you get your money, okay? So if you got a car accident, a slip and fall, medical malpractice, he's your man. Reach out to him at 954-829-ERIC. That's 954 954- 829 ERIC for Eric. Not the way Spolstra spells it, but his way. Again, 954 829 ERIC. Or again, check him out on Instagram and ask about me. I got you. Mention five reasons when you talk to him. 
And I promise you, Eric will take care of you down there and get you the money that you deserve. All right, let's get um, let's get to Depot here because I, I tweeted something today and now I'm getting a lot of backlash about it. And I don't think people really understood it. Um, what I said was, okay, let me, let me see if I can find it. All right, because this is another thing that was coming up today. Everyone asking why Oladipo wasn't playing if he could look like this, because that's always what happens. A guy has a breakout game and then it's, oh, the coaches were idiots for not playing him. When sometimes it's the way that the, the player was managed or held out that contributes to the performance. Nobody thinks of it in those terms. Okay. This always happens when a guy gets inserted in the rotation. So tonight they really had no choice, right? They had no Gabe Vincent. They had no Jimmy Butler. They needed to go to him. And, and what I said, the second part, they, they arrested him recently in part, not completely, but in part to see if it would help him look like this. He wasn't going to stay in the rotation permanently because he was, he didn't look right. Now I'm not talking about physically, but I'm talking about flow of the offense, who he was playing with and all of that. And they had been playing better with Gabe and Spo wanted to go back to that. That is still true. Okay. But a small part of this was also Oladipo came back and all of a sudden he had a back injury. Okay. Or he was dealing with very, because his body is not right. is not there yet to just continue to push through. And he basically had a week off and Greg, he looked, I mean, I, the threes, I'm not expecting that all the time. He's never been like an elite three point shooter, but he made a ton of them, the dunk. The dunk, right? The dunk. That that's what we like to see. But you know what? The six of nine from three, that tells you that the legs are underneath him as well. And also four assists, three rebounds. That means he's also uh, not to me. That tells me he's not thinking so much. He's just reacting. And the more that he's just playing to react, he's going to start getting steals. You know, he didn't take care of the ball that can, you know, we talk about things to be concerned about turnovers this is another thing that I think that we're going to have to watch as this team uh, narrows things down. But overall, I wouldn't look at this as a Victor Oladipo performance that creates some sort of, I mean, can we stop with the controversy and the drama? This is not anything that has to do with the rotation. I mean, to that same point, Markeith Morris had a good game tonight. I think that he had some release valve buckets that the team needed, uh, you know, ended up with four assists. You don't expect that three steals from him. So like he played well. But that doesn't mean he's going to play in the playoffs or that he's part of this core rotation. I think we've seen Spolstra, what he wants to get to. There may be a couple other wrinkles up his sleeve, but I don't necessarily think that they involve either Markeith Morris or Victor Oladipo. It's just nice that they're starting to play better because in the event that you do have a double overtime game where two guys in your backcourt foul out, for instance, and you got to insert a guy. It's nice to see that Oladipo, if he's at a week's rest, can come in with legs and play well. It's also, Alex, though, uh, that this Heat roster, maybe more than any other roster in the East, for sure, is flexible enough to go different directions, either at the start of a series or during a series, where maybe Vic makes sense to put in in a game three if the team is struggling. And now you can at least go back to this game and say, okay, it's in him. It doesn't mean it's going to happen every night, but you can go to him. I, I thought this was huge tonight in the sense that guys who've worked hard to get back, Markeith and Vic in particular, got to be a part of a significant win this year. Like it, 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 it makes them part of this whole process and, and I, championship teams that I've been around, whether it was the Marlins or the heat, 
obviously I've never I've been around a playoff win for the Dolphins since 2000. So I'm not going to get into that, but that, but when you look at those two teams in particular, there were contributors throughout the season that you didn't really expect. Like even the Marlins, like 2003, you know, I were 90, 97, the Mike Mordecai's of the world, like just people popped up. They would have a contribution at some point, and then you could go Ooh. back to them in the playoffs and, and they felt part of it. I, I thought that mattered tonight. Oh, it definitely mattered. And I think, like you said, it was good to see Vic and Markeith get those minutes, be a part of a important win and all that. But it's it, it's hard to see them, either of them, be a part of the playoff rotation. It feels like Spo has kind of already decided who he trusts the most and who, who are kind of the most solid day-to-day, game-to-game type of players. And that's why I don't think uh, Vic or Keith overtake anybody and get any of those minutes. But Sometimes I can't help but feel like, you know, Vic should still have a little shot there because, man, sometimes, like, it's not even just when the shot is going because, obviously, when his shot is going, he's like, you know, you start to worry a little bit less about him being, you know, a, a bad spacer or, or even a neutral spacer, and you know, because that's been the whole theme lately is wanting to go to uh, more spaced-out lineups and also playing a little bit smaller. And I think Vic is somebody – who fits that very well. So if Gabe starts struggling, let's say in the first round or, you know, things don't look so great, maybe that's the type of uh, card that spoke and play. I don't know how much of a difference it would make if you're in a bad position already, but as far as Vic by himself, like I love what he did tonight because like I uh, spoke about earlier, he, he had a rough start. Like I didn't like what I saw so much in the first half, even though, you know, he was really trying to get to his spots. He was just uh, kind of bumbling around with the ball, but, he figured it out in the second half and kept attacking to not let it like, I, I think bother him. I would like for him to attack the rim even more. That's why I loved what I saw when he actually got to the rim and dunked it there. Cause I felt like he was settling more for the jump shot tonight, but obviously he, he ended up having it going. I just feel like, um, like what Leif said is hundred percent, right? He looks like he has his legs down. And so this is a different type of player than Gabe Vincent. And if Gabe is struggling, I could totally see Vic being somebody who could you know, get some playing time there. Whereas opposed to Morris who, had a good game. I like what he brings you. The heat kind of trending smaller, I think, takes away his shot at getting any playing time because I, I don't know that he would take over Deadman's spot. Well, not just Deadman, but also Caleb, right? Because, I mean, yep. Caleb, Caleb with the four blocks tonight, I mean, he plays above his size. But you mentioned that about Vic. And, and look, again, I tweeted out the, the Oladipo video of the dunk, and the first comment under it is him under over Gabe, which is exactly what we're talking about here because it's just – it's always – creating some kind of controversy for something positive. But, but I, I get what you mean though, Alex, in this sense that like this probably won't have to happen in the playoffs because Jimmy will be out there. Right. Okay. Or, you know, and, and you, may, you might use PJ, but they closed with four guards tonight, but I don't think they could have closed with four guards if it was Gabe instead of Oladipo because of the rebounding and just the physicality and, and the athleticism that Oladipo gives you. So there are certain situations. If you were stuck in that position, say Jimmy fouls out, say, say, you know, these kind of circumstances that you can go to a guy like this and you can play and, and look, these things happen. I mean, in the course of a long playoff run, if that's what you're going for here, I mean, I remember in 2014 finals, where Eric Spolster was rolling out Michael Beasley in, okay, well, I know we love bees, but he was rolling out uh -oh. Michael Beasley to save the last game. You remember the 2011 finals where he rolled out Eddie house in the last yep. game against Dallas to try to, Eddie wasn't in the rotation, 
but he had to get something. He had to get something out of somebody and nobody else was doing it. <laughs> Alex is doing the thing right now. Uh-huh. Uh, we all remember that. Okay. See, I was at that game. Um, but, but that's the thing. Like you will need to, I mean, we've seen like Rashard Lewis go in and out of rotations for, for Spolster during the playoffs. Mike Miller was a guy who was technically out of the nine man rotation during the 2012, 2013 season found his way back in Shane got benched, got put back in Joel Anthony at times. Okay. The first year, I mean, Ronnie Turioff. Okay. Was playing minutes. I can't remember. That was the first year of the second year. Does Shannon Anderson count? Well, Shannon doesn't like to think of it because he doesn't, he doesn't like to remember he was on that championship team. I don't think he ever came back from his ring. Actually, he and both Derek, I think we've discussed that, but, but look, they, they may need five minutes from somebody somewhere. And I think Morris, he's a pro. Like, you, you know, you give him five, 10 minutes, you know kind of what he's going to do. So I think there will be a comfort level there with him. But I agree with Alex that he's not as central to this discussion as Oladipo. All, it, Morris isn't going to be a game changer. He's just going to give you probably solid minutes that you're looking for in a certain situation. Oladipo could literally change a game in the playoffs. I think we saw it tonight. He kind of did. And, and so... I don't think this has to be where you got to play him ahead of Gabe or you got to play him ahead of Duncan. I just think basically Eric Spolstra seemed to me, and then we're going to close with something different here before we go. Eric Spolstra seemed to me to be really relaxed on this road trip. I mean, I had a couple conversations with him on the side and he just seems very at peace with where this group is right now, maybe because they got through some of the trouble water, but I, he knows he has chips to play like, and he has more chips to play than he's probably as, as you said, they've ever, ever had before. Okay. So I just think there's a comfort in that. And I think this was really significant from a confidence standpoint for Oladipo, but his teammates confidence in him too. The fact that he could be out there to close that game uh, was major. All right. We got one more segment to get to here and we'll make it quick, but we got a couple things I do want to touch on before we go also, we did mention you got to check out our off the floor feed. You can find it from five reasons sports. Uh, the four of us man that account. We kind of switch off during games and during the day. We give you stuff before you get it on the podcast, before you get it on Twitter. Sometimes before we, I mean, we never put it out anywhere else at all. So, so make sure that you check that out. Uh, it's $3 and five cents per month. Before we go though, I want to mention a couple of our sponsors, prizepicks.com. Of course, uh, that is our official fantasy sponsor at the five reasons sports network, use the code five F I V E. We're going to be doing more and more prize pick shows during the playoffs. Again, this is the easiest fantasy game to play. It's the easiest to get your money. And if again, you use that code five F I V E, you get your initial deposit matched up to a hundred dollars. You don't have to play it all at once. So put down 50, get, get your 50 bucks or put down hundred, get your hundred and just play 10, play 15, play 20, uh, play two, three, four, five players. You can play the NCAA final four, uh, excuse me, the NCAA final between uh, North Carolina and Kansas. You can play that on Monday night. Unfortunately, you cannot play any Duke players, so I'm pretty happy about that. Uh, but check it out, prizepicks.com. Use the code 5FIVE. And also, I want to mention another sponsor, our friend Courtney Fallon. You're probably familiar with, with her work down in South Florida. She's not part of the Heat's radio broadcast team. Uh, she's got uh, a new venture called Fade Fallon. She's going to be hosting uh, a, a finals party at City Scar Lounge, which is one of our sponsors. Going to be down there tomorrow night at F, uh, right real close to FTX Arena, City Cigar Lounge. Um, check it out online at cityscarlounge.com. Again, it's, it's just a few minutes away. You can park just for 10 bucks upstairs, uh, which downtown, that's pretty good, actually. And they got more than 50 different types of premium cigars, more than 350 different types of liquor. They'll have some drink specials there tomorrow night. They got a great little food menu, and it's a clean, comfortable place. So whether you smoke cigars or not, it's going to be fun. Check it out on Monday night at City Cigar Lounge. 
I'm going to try to make it out there myself as well. And so the victory cigar tonight uh, to me, and I think we each do one here real quick. Uh, I'm going to give it to Kyle um, because of the circumstances, but also, I mean, he kept him in the game a little bit early with the way that the way that he was playing. And, and I just think again, his level of professionalism and calm that they've needed at times, I would have liked to see the ball in his hands a little bit more in the last three, four minutes, but I understand if there was some fatigue there with everything he's had to deal with, but um, Kyle's had the season, even with the missed time that they've wanted him to have this year. Uh, he's shooting over 50% from three over the last nine games. And, uh, you know, I mean, they're going to lean heavily on him. So he gets mine tonight. Who do you guys go to? Uh, Victory Cigar for me is going to Max Struess, who um, stepped up and I think basically cemented his uh, starting lineup spot as we head into the playoffs. Seven of nine from three, uh, still finishing in traffic, doing a lot of fun things. Um, even uh, he got to the free throw line tonight, which is not something he does often. For instance, he hasn't been to the free throw line since March 21st, and he got there tonight. Uh, so, yes, this, uh, my cigar goes to Max Struess. Who's balling? Alex? My cigar goes to Bam because although he didn't have this huge scoring game, he got to the line low-key nine times. Now, the problem was all the missed free throws. I mean, he went four of nine. That's awful. Like, there's, look, I, I get it. Missing free throws here and there is cool. Like, that's part of being a Heat all-star is missing, like, an important free throw <laughs> one out of two. Four of nine is crazy. And I'm giving him the victory cigar despite that because he gives them what they need every time. And I feel like the last time, I think it was the last time they played the Raptors, he had a huge scoring game. That was what they needed at the time in that game. And tonight, like, Although it wasn't looking great in the first half, I thought he looked pretty uh, comfortable and poised throughout, just making strong moves despite all the big bodies in the paint. Like, he didn't look that hesitant, I feel. And he was just making plays on offense. And although we all want him to look at the basket and, and look to score a little bit more than he already does, I, I just love what he does, man. Like, his impact is there on a night-to-night -night basis. And for them to, you know, finish the road trip with three wins, three really good teams, like, Bam is a huge part of all of that. And whether it's him scoring 28 or 19, like you just got to appreciate what he does, man. I'm just trying to give him his flowers, even though he went four from the free throw line. I think he got too close to precious is the problem. Uh, it rubbed off on him a little bit. I do think before we go, we should mention this too. Tyler hero tonight. Uh, there was some stuff at the end that made you a little squirmy. He needs to slow down sometimes. Um, 30, 38, 36 minutes. Eight of sixteen from the field, uh, one of one of uh, one of six from three. So he actually completely reversed his game from the previous night. Uh, he was seven of ten from two tonight, but nine rebounds and eight assists, and you felt the rebounds. Um, he and uh, he and Max and Lowry. Lowry had six boards tonight. Uh, they cleaned up that that sort of the backside there uh, that had to be done a few times tonight. Which uh, so that was impressive. Yes, Greg. I have to share some statistics from our friend on Twitter, John Jablanca. Check this out. This is per basketball index, Tyler hero related. He is in the 97th percentile in shot making this season, the 92nd percentile in shot creation and 92nd percentile in shot or in the second percentile in shot quality. 
So he is taking ridiculously tough shots, big jump from last year. And to be doing what he's doing at the percentages he's doing it at, uh, with that shot making and that creation with all of his limitations, I'm doing the air quotes, shout out to John for finding those statistics, but also shout out to Tyler hero. Dude has had an unbelievable season. Wait until, wait until they get in the lab and work on getting him easier shots. Some of it, I think he likes the tough shots, but that's going to be a focus this offseason from everybody I've talked to. Get Tyler easier looks so that the tougher looks come easier for him later in the game. I think that is going to be something that they, they definitely work on. I think as we move towards this being more and more Tyler's team offensively and more and more actions are run for him specifically, we're going to see that. All right, thanks to our sponsors, our friend Eric Rubenstein, 954-829-ERIC. Prizepicks.com. Use the code five F I V E city cigar lounge. Check them out on Monday night and you break wheel We will be back on Monday. The heat are still first in the Eastern conference. It looks like they're going to stay there. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five regional sports network.